Hello, everybody. Today is the 11th of November. It's Veterans Day. I hope you're having a good weekend. Mark is ready for the 19th chapter, uh, Reading Through the Holy Spirit by Arthur Pink. He's going to do part one today. If you're interested in obtaining a copy of this book, you can go to Amazon.com. I think they still have them available there if you want to get yourself a copy. Holy Spirit, Chapter 19, Part 1. Chapter 1, the Spirit teaching, but Chapter 19, the Spirit teaching, but the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, John 14, 26. Those words received their first fulfillment in the men to whom they were immediately addressed. The apostles were so filled and controlled by the Holy Spirit through proclamation of the gospel without flaw and the teaching without error. Those original ambassadors of Christ were so taught in the third person of the Trinity that what they delivered was the very mind of God. The second fulfillment of the Savior's promise has been in those men whom he called to preach his gospel throughout the Christian era. No new revelations have been made to them, but they were and are according to their varied measure and the particular work assigned to them. So enlightened by the Spirit, the truth of God has been faithfully preached by them. The third and wisest application of our Lord's words are to be, are to the entire household of faith, and is in this sense we shall now consider them. It is written, and all thy children shall be taught of the Lord, Isaiah 54:13 and John 6:45. This is one of the great distinguishing marks of the regenerate. All of them are taught of the Lord. There are multitudes of regenerate religionists who are taught, numbers of them well taught in the letters of the scriptures. They are thoroughly versed in historical facts and doctrines of Christianity, but their instruction came only from human media parents, Sunday school teachers, or through reading religious books. Their intellectual knowledge of spiritual things is considerable, sound, and clear, yet it is accompanied by any heavenly unction, saving power, transforming effects in like manner. There are thousands of preachers who abhor the errors of modernists and who contend earnestly for the faith. They were taught in Bible institutes and theological schools, yet it is to be feared that many of them are total strangers to a miracle of grace being wrought in the heart. How it behooves each of us to test others, ourselves rigidly, ourselves rigidly at this point. Is a common fact of observation which any is a common fact of observation which anyone may test for himself that a very large percentage of those who constitute the membership of the evangelical denomination were first taken there in childhood by their parents. The great majority in the Presbyterian Church today had a father or mother who was a Presbyterian who instructed the offspring of their beliefs. The same is true of the, of the Baptist, Methodist, and those who are in the fellowship of brethren assemblies. The present generation has been brought up to believe in the doctrines of religious customs or ancestors. Now we are far from saying that because a man who is a Presbyterian today had parents and grandparents that were Presbyterians who taught in the Westminster Catechism. Therefore, all the knowledge he possesses of divine things, but traditional and theoretical, 
No, indeed, yet we do say that such a train of letter of truth makes it very difficult. It calls for a more careful self-examination to ascertain whether or not he has been taught of the Lord. Though we do not believe that grace runs in the blood, yet we are convinced that as a general rule, having many individual exceptions, God displaces elected families where at least one of the parents loves and seeks to serve him where the elect soul will be nurtured in the fear and admonition of the Lord. At least three fourths of those Christians whom the writer has met has an opportunity to question had a praying and scripture reading father or mother. Yet, on the other hand, we are obliged to acknowledge that three-fourths of the empty professors we have encountered also have religious parents who had set them to the Sunday school and sought to have been trained in their beliefs, and these now rest upon their intellectual knowledge of the truth and mistake it for a saving experience of the same. And it is this class which is the hardest to teach and is much more difficult to persuade such to examine themselves as to whether or not they have been taught of God, then it is those who make no profession at all, but not be concluded from what has been pointed out, that where the Holy Spirit teaches the soul, he dispenses with all human instruct, instrumentality, not so, it is yet true, it is true the Spirit is sovereign, therefore works where he pleases and when he pleases. It is also a fact that he is almighty, tied down to no means, and therefore works as he pleases and how he pleases. Nevertheless, he frequently condescends to employ means and to use very feeble and strong instruments. In fact, this generally seems to characterize his operations that he works through men and women and sometimes through little children. Yet let it be said emphatically that no preaching, catechizing, or reading produces any vital and spiritual results unless God the Spirit is pleased to bless and apply the same in the heart of the individual. Thus there are many who have passed from death unto life and have been brought to love the truth under the Spirit's application of pious parents or Sunday school teachers' instruction while there are some who never enjoyed such privileges that yet have been truly and deeply caught, taught by God. From all that has been said, a very pertinent question arises. How may I know whether or not my teaching has been seen by the Holy Spirit, has been by the Holy Spirit? The simple but sufficient answer is by the effects produced. First, that spiritual knowledge which the teachings of the Holy Spirit imparts is an operative knowledge. It is not merely a piece of information which adds in our mental store as a species of inspiration, which stirs the soul into action. For God, who commanded the light to shine of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 4, 6. The light which the Spirit imparts reaches the heart. It warms the heart and sets it on fire for God. It masters the heart and brings it into allegiance on God. It molds the heart and stamps upon the image of God. Here then is a sure test. How far does the teaching you have received, the knowledge of divine things you possess, affect your heart? Second, that knowledge was the teaching of the Spirit in parts. It's a soul humbly knowledge. Knowledge puffeth up, First Corinthians 8.1. That's a notional theoretical intellectual knowledge which is merely received. 
from men or books in a natural way, but that spiritual knowledge which comes from God reveals to a man his empty conceits, his ignorance and worthlessness, and bases him. The teaching of the Spirit reveals our sinfulness and vileness, our lack of conformity to Christ, our unholiness, and makes a man little in his own eyes among those born of women was not as greater but John the Baptist. Wondrous were the privileges granted him abundant delight with which he was favored. What effect had it on him? Had he it is who he it is who coming after me is preferred before me whose shoes latched I am not worthy and lose John one twenty seven. Granted such an insight and a privilege Heavenly things is Paul that he heralded himself the greatest Bible teacher of new any of any of any of any age. No, unto me who am less than the saint, least of all saints. Ephesians three eight. Here then is the true test: how far does the teaching you have received received humble you? Third, Third, that knowledge which the teaching of the Holy Spirit imparts a world despising knowledge and makes a man have poor, low, mean thoughts of those things which is unregenerate fellows at which he himself formerly so highly esteemed it opens his eyes to see the transitoriness, the comparative worthlessness, the earthly honors, riches, and fame and makes him perceive that all under the sun is but vanity and vexation of spirit it brings him to realize the world is a flatterer, a deceiver, a liar, and a murderer. This is flatly received the hearts of millions. Fatally, where the Spirit reveals certain eternal things, temporal things are shown scorn, those things which once were gained to him, he now counts as done loss, yea, as dross and loss. Philippians 3, 4, 9. The teaching of the Spirit raises the heart high above the this poor, perishing world. Here is a sure text: Does your knowledge of spiritual things cause you to be cause you to hold spirit, temporal things within the right hand, and despite those babies which uh, others uh, hunt so uh, eagerly? Well, thank you, Mark. We'll plan on continuing the second part of this on Monday. Have a good weekend.